This is Micah Rose. And this is Ash Parsons. And this is the part you skip over to get to the good stuff. Now, in case you're still listening, we're here to have raw, unfiltered conversations about messy topics. And trust us, it's, it's all, all for, for the, the best. best. Well, I've been fighting back tears, fighting my fears, fighting for all these years. Wondering when it's gonna wake you up. What can be said to make us shake things up? Lost and lost in my mind. So, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going white. White is right. Mm-mm-mm. We're doing it. Not actually. <laughs> Just privileged. Yes. We're talking about... White, white privilege. <laughs> that was good. That, that was, was intuitive. That was perfect. <laughs> It's what that was. Why do we have the... (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. Raspy laugh. You have the raspy laugh. Okay, so white privilege. Yeah. Ugh. That, That, like, phrase, I feel, is so, like, full of, like, stuff. It is. Like, it carries so much. Yeah. I think mostly because people don't know what it is. That's right. Yeah. So, maybe we should define what it isn't. Oh, what it's not. Hmm. So, okay, I'm going to, let's see. White privilege isn't um, life is easy for you because you're white. Right. Okay. That's not, that's not white privilege. Okay. Uh, let me think of another one. White privilege isn't like the lady at the grocery store is super nice to you every day. <laughs> like, like she should just be the kindest person ever always. That's not. That's, that's not white. That's privilege. not white privilege. That's not okay. it. Okay. What's another? You you throw throw some well, out. Well, I feel like it's not possible. I'm I'm pretending right now. It's yes. not possible for me. To experience white privilege because I grew up poor in Africa. Mm. Zero. Wrong. Zero. You got a zero for that one. <laughs> that was a, Dang it. That was, that was my was, best shot. Sorry. Fail. <laughs> so it's so not that. Poverty, having, being impoverished. Having a hard life, having people be mean to you. Living in a double wide. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't, what, I feel, what's wrong with a double wide? I mean, it's I It's better feel, than a single. I guess. Twice I like, as nice. I had family that lived in double wide. Same. I, I don't, like, I, I actually know. liked it. There was yeah. good carpet in that one. Good carpet. Like, kind of like shaggy, like nice. Soft, like, plushy carpet. Lay on the floor carpet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any, I didn't have any issues with those people. Um... <laughs> I hear a lot of <clears throat> reverse racism when white privilege is brought up. Mm. So I hear the term, that's reverse racism. I don't know. That's, was that a good, like... That was perfect. Of reverse racism I, voice. I really, I actually looked around for the white person in this <laughs> closet. But it, it, there wasn't one there besides wasn't. me. Yeah, it's just you just you. did an amazing impression. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I have practiced. 
But, yes, I hear a lot of, like, when you bring up privilege, and actually and really in any capacity with white people, well, that when I bring it up with white people, I often hear, well, that's reverse racism. And I always think to myself, the reverse of racism is, like, equity and inclusion. Yes. Is that what you're saying this is? <laughs> like, are you saying, oh, yeah, this is equity and inclusion? No, no, you're saying that racism... I. You're saying that all of a sudden it's possible right. for a person of color to be racist towards a white person. Well, yeah. Why is that not possible? Well, we, we have a big, giant system that it was built for and by white folk. How old is that system, Micah Rose? Are we talking about America or forever? <laughs> there it <laughs> like, is. Because even, actually, I was even thinking, like, even Jesus, right? Like, there was still mm. that, like, that system of the poor on the bottom, the right. rich on the top. Masters, the, slaves. Like, right. Like, that whole thing. I mean, when he, when Jesus, sorry, this is turning into, like, a Jesus podcast for five seconds. But when Jesus talks about the sermon, when he's giving the Sermon on the Mount, yes. he is talking to an oppressed people group about their oppression and his his instruction for their like for them to get free of the oppression. Mm. So it's impossible to be reverse racist <clears throat> or for reverse racism to exist because words mean things. Power structures, <laughs> yes, will always be white dominated or ha- to yeah. date yeah well in this country in this country of the united states of america yes and probably england also like western hemisphere mm-hmm. like countries mm-hmm. yeah yeah so do you know do you know Peggy McIntosh? I do know Peggy. Well, no, I don't know her, but I know of her, and I am a fan of her work. She um, is from the 70s. She created this very simple way for people to observe privilege. Mm. So Peggy, which I kind of want to like Google her and see what she looks like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll do that later. We'll do. Well, <laughs> is it, it'll be in the show notes. The spirit of the listener can't see <laughs> yeah, can't my see. Google results. But you could pause oh. and you can Google her and we'll we'll wait. Okay. We'll listen. We'll mm-hmm. Sing a song. You won't be able to hear us do it, but she's beautiful. <laughs> Stunner. Oh, she's so cute. She's actually precious. She might play the organ at church. Yes. No, she will. There she is. There she is. She's got it. Oh. I feel like that's a little too much for Peggy. Okay. She might not have that much. <laughs> More like the old rugged yeah. cross. Yes. There it is. There it is. And she like plays, and she's like really into it, and she's yeah. like, and she has sheet music, even though it's the same song that they do every Sunday. And the pedal shoes. The pedal. She's yeah. got those shoes. She's doing it. It's like ta 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 ta. Yeah, that. 
I love it. I want to go to Peggy McIntosh's church. So what's beautiful about her, besides her face, is that this woman is so aware. Yes. She has done so much work to be aware of her privilege. Yeah. And to point it out in a way that other white people can go, oh, it is me too. Mm. And I don't get to opt in or opt out because I don't get to opt out of my white skin. Right. No one. Yeah. No one does. No one does. Well, I mean, sweet, sweet little Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal. And her. Who's that? That's the lady who she was the president of the NAACP. She was actually, like, of Swedish heritage, Mm -hmm. and she tanned a lot, and she got box braids, Yep, and she adopted some black children, and she has said she's a black woman, because that's how she identifies. And they did a documentary on her, and it's sad, because her son is like, Mom, stop. (laughs) Listen. Like, don't do this anymore. And and here's where here's where white privilege comes in, okay? Because still not black. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. still have so many little uh, backstage passes in your purse. Yes. That you yes. didn't ask for, and you can't get rid of. Right. So so now, what are you gonna do? You're gonna take a little piece of this culture here yeah. that feels good and yeah. makes you feel special and you also you still have your privilege well that is privilege right that ability right, right. to just go I, oh, and I like want that. box braids yep and I like brown right. brown skin I want to copy Beyonce's Coachella show right in my life I want to well I also is it weird that I want to also no you get to copy Beyonce's Coachella <laughs> you can for everything be Bay. <laughs> They're like, they're like, ma'am, please stop. (laughs) You're, you weren't invited. You do not have a pass to be up here. And then you just do the walk anyways. You're like, watch me, do it, doing it, doing it. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, I don't know if we'll include that. (laughs) I mean, I think you can. But that's, in my opinion, that's not an option. Right. Right. Because if you get pulled over mm-hmm. and the cops, like, secretly afraid of black people. Right. And you're like, hey, just so you know, <laughs> it's cool. I identify as white. I, I, should I try that the next yes. time I'm pulled? It's fine. I know it says black on my driver's license. And I know that I look black. But, but I'm really a white girl. Spoiler alert. <laughs> this right here, it's not makeup, but really on the inside but white. on the... <laughs> so, it's okay. Don't pull out your gun or your taser. He'd be like, Don't even, just I've let me... never been more scared in my entire life. It just, I don't get it. Oh, that's ridiculous. Thank you. That's what that is. I thought so. It's, that's absolutely ridiculous. So, Peggy McIntosh... Queen. Queen Peggy. Who is white. Yes. And was a professor, I think, at Berkeley. Is Am I correct in saying that? I don't... 
No, I know that she had, uh, I think through Westminster College, she had this like scholarly article published where she actually talked about white privilege. It's called uh, White Privilege Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack. Yes. Uh, And I don't know when that was. I feel 70s. It probably was. Which is crazy because that's so ahead of, I mean, she's ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. People still haven't gotten this. Right. White people. Right. They still haven't, like, dealt with it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so I feel like maybe I should just share some of what she says. Yeah. She's because I, I will admit that I heard the term white privilege... And didn't, I couldn't actually understand what it meant and the ways that I was benefiting from it until I started to read her list. Mm. And and now I go out, like, in the wild <laughs> at Target or somewhere, yes. oh. and I'm like, oh, it it's actually, it's just with me everywhere. And I I didn't ask for it, but I also... I can't get rid of it. Right. And so um, maybe that's where we go next. Because I do think, I think one of the biggest problems about white people from my own experience is, well, I can't change it. What do you expect me to do? Mm. That's that's always the denial. Like, I have to deny it. Yeah. Because if... If there's nothing I can do about it, then am I just stuck being bad? Right. Am I bad forever because right. I'm white? Right. And it's like, well, if you live in denial forever, probably. Yeah. Because then you'll be complicit. Yeah. You'll be the person Absolutely. who doesn't see color, which right. means you don't see racism, which means, right. You, right? Like, Unless you are actually like so colorblind that you only see in black and white. Like my phone. Like your phone right now. I've done that. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's a disease that we just don't know about. And so all of these people were kind of being jerks to. We're like, we're oh, like, you actually you don't. D- you don't see any color. Bless. So driving is hard for you. <laughs> and also getting dressed in the morning. <laughs> and also helping your five-year-old figure out the yeah. crayons. Yeah. Oh, oh, bless. That's not the norm, though. So we're okay. going to steer away okay. from that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was give benefit of the doubt. You really were. Right? It's so I'm, sweet. It's possible. Yeah, not probable though. Mm, that's good. That's good. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We we mostly see skin color. Yeah. We do. Yeah. No, it's it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, okay. So Peggy in this article starts to give examples and the the best, 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 best thing about her is she talks about going into trying to explore the daily effects of white privilege. And she says, I decided to try to work on myself. Mm. Right? Like, there it is. Could we just have a big old, like, everyone gets T-shirts. Every road sign is just that. Yeah. I yeah. decided to try to work on myself. And notice she didn't say, I worked on myself and I got it and I figured it out. There it is. I tried 
Yeah. To work on myself. I decided to try to work on myself at least by identifying some of the daily effects of white privilege in my life. Thank you, Peggy. We will all benefit from your wisdom. For life. Okay, so here's some of the stuff that, because of white privilege, I can do. And she says, as far as I can tell, my African-American co-workers, friends, and acquaintances with whom I come into daily or frequent contact in this particular time, place, and line of work cannot count on most of these conditions. Okay? Okay. So they're at white and privilege because what's true for me won't be true for you. Got it. Here's a list. That's good. <clears throat> I can, if I wish, arrange to be in the company of people of my race most of the time. If I should need to move, I can be pretty sure of renting or purchasing housing in an area that I can afford and in which I would want to live. I can be pretty sure that my neighbors in such a location will be neutral or pleasant to me. I can go shopping alone most of the time, pretty well assured that I will not be followed or harassed. I can turn on the television or open to the front page of the paper and see people of my race widely represented. When I am told about our national heritage, or about civilization, in quotes, I am shown that people of my color made it what it is. I can be sure that my children will be given curricular materials that testify to the existence of their race. If I want to, I can be pretty sure of finding a publisher for this piece on white privilege. I can go into a music shop and count on finding the music of my race represented, into a supermarket and find the staple foods that fit with my cultural traditions, into a hairdresser's shop and find someone who can deal with my hair. Whether I use checks, credit cards, or cash, I can count on my skin color not to work against the appearance of financial reliability. I can arrange to protect my children most of the time from people who might not like them. I can swear or dress in secondhand clothes or not answer letters without having people attribute these choices to the bad morals, the poverty, or the illiteracy of my race. I can speak in public to a powerful male group without putting my race on trial. I can do well in a challenging situation without being called a credit to my race. I am never asked to speak for all the people of my racial group. I can remain oblivious of the language and customs of persons of color who constitute the world's majority without feeling in my culture any penalty for such oblivion. I can criticize our government and talk about how much I fear its policies and behavior without being seen as a cultural outsider. I can be pretty sure that if I ask to talk to the person in charge, I will be facing a person of my race. If a traffic cop pulls me over or if the IRS audits my tax return, I can be sure I haven't been singled out because of my race. I can easily buy post posters, postcards, picture books, greeting cards, dolls, toys, and children's magazines 
featuring people of my race. I can go home from most meetings of organizations I belong to, feeling somewhat tied in rather than isolated, out of place, outnumbered, unheard, held at a distance, or feared. I can take a job with an affirmative action employer without having coworkers on the job suspect that I got it because of race. I can choose public accommodation without fearing that people of my race cannot get in or will, or will be mistreated in the places I have chosen. I can be sure that if I need legal or medical help, my race will not work against me. If my day, week, or year is going badly, I need not ask of each negative episode or situation whether it has racial overtones. I can choose blemish, cover, or bandages in flesh color that more or less match my skin. And then she says, uh, elusive and fugitive. I repeatedly forgot each of the realizations on this list until I wrote it down. For me, white privilege has turned out to be an elusive and fugitive subject. The pressure to avoid it is great, for in facing it, I must give up the myth of meritocracy. If these things are true, this is not such a free country. One's life is not what one makes it. Many doors open for certain people through no virtues of their own. There it is. And there she is. The tree. Spirit of tree. Spirit of the tree listener. She's, that stupid dog. She's just sitting there. She ruined a moment. That was a good moment. But it'll be it'll be perfect. Uh to, what is that deal? Uh to you. Yeah. Like it's it's interesting. There's some that that stick out as I mean, you know, so society has progressed not super far, but I can find you know, um, I can go to a store and find books with black children in it. But what's interesting is, like, I have to go to a store to find it. Or I have to, like, look for it. They're there. Um, I know that they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that in, I believe there's a stat. It's like in 2018 that, like, I can't remember the number of books. It was, like, a thousand books. Out of a thousand books, like, 11 books were about, like, black children. Yes. And, like, 21 books were about Hispanic children. Yes. And, like, I think that was it. And then, like, the rest was, like, white children. Yeah. And I saw that same stat. And there was something, like, upwards of 600 books were about animals. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So you can find more children's book about animals than yeah. about children of color. Yeah. And funnily enough, animals don't read children's books. <laughs> Wait a second. I can't believe you just said that. I because know. Because I feel like they do. <laughs> Your feelings are lying to you? They are not valid right now. No, I think, I mean, just listening to that list, I've heard it before. I've done the activity where you stand in a line and you take a step forward for whatever you can, um, you can do. And if you can't do that, you take a step backwards. Yeah. Um, and I've ended up in the back of the line 
um, so many times that it doesn't, it actually no longer really affects me, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, maybe it does affect me and I don't know, or it's just so pervasive in our culture that um, that I would be in the back of the line that I don't even, I don't even think twice about it. Um, one of the, one of the things that you said made me, it almost made me laugh and I had to like cover my mouth, was like, um, uh, it was the one about like being a, a credit to your race. Yes. Like if you do something well. Yeah. And I just think, like, that is such a ridiculous thing. I mean, if I hear one more time how articulate I am or how smart I seem or how, like, I'm like, I feel like this is, like, like, I mean, I know some, like, people who aren't, like, smart, like, book smart or whatever. Like, those aren't the people I'm talking about. But, like, the vast majority of people I spend time with, like, we all sound the same. Right. We all, like, and, and whether, like, whatever ethnicity they are, we all are talking about politics. We're talking about race and, and equality and equity and all that stuff. Like, we're having conversations and, like, we're doing them, we're doing it well. Right. <laughs> like, we're not, like, speaking, I don't know, like, gibberish. Right. We're having conversations, but often... I'll, like, if I'm at a coffee shop with someone, I'll, like, uh, generally it's an older white person will come over and just say, I, you know, I, we weren't eavesdropping, but you just, oh, we just loved what you had to say and you just were so articulate. Wow. And I just, and what do you say to that, right? Like, they're old. So you sort of want to be like, okay, like, whatever your old thinks. But at some t- at some point... You also have to sort of just be like, like, no, like, uh, that's white supremacy. And like, also like your privilege to be able to like, come and like, approve of the way that I speak. Yeah. And you're not approving of the white person I was just speaking to. Right. Right. It's just. Right. Even the way that we have to like code switch, I mean, I sort of am like going off of on a tiny bit of a tangent, but the way that I sounded when I was a little girl, mm. because all I did was watch MTV, was <laughs> MTV and PBS. So I sounded so good, right? It's so, such a healthy balance. Yeah, uh, such a balance is like. Uh, I don't know, BC Moyes and Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Um, you know, there there was a video at one point of my my mother was interviewing me or like I, we had family over or I don't know what was happening and I am this is how I sounded. Like totally, mom. Oh my gosh. Blah, blah. Like I sounded like that because it's the 80s and that's what everyone sounded like on television. <laughs> and there were like hardly any black people on television. When I was that age, uh-huh. I think the Cosby show didn't come on until I was much older. Mm. So, like, so that's that was what I sounded like. And I sounded, and I also, my mother would not let us use slang. Mm. So the way that I sound, the way that I form my words, the way that I say things, like, we were not allowed to use slang in the house. So I would get out of the house and be like, yo, what's up, guys? I'm... <laughs> down with the like right like I was trying to be this yeah (laughs) I was trying to be this like caricature 
of blackness mm. because my mother was like, you will, she would always say this, we speak the king's English in this house. <laughs> what she, she would it. say, yes. And so we would answer the phone. I mean, I remember that was like we were practice answering the phone so that we sound we had like no affect wow. at all. I mean, I grew up in the inner city of KCK. Like mm-hmm. there were people around me who did not sound like that. And it was fine with me. I had friends that didn't sound like that. And it was always like, oh, you're just so articulate. Oh, you're just and teachers loved. Oh, they loved. Micah Rose, why don't you get up and read this whatever? I mean, I was like five years old reading in front of the entire school. Wow. Because I sound, I didn't sound like the typical black kid from, poor black kid from the inner city. I didn't sound like that. And so I was like lifted up. And had Hmm. I not lived in Atlanta for five years, I think, and I don't know for sure, I think I would have, I would have like kept patting myself on the back and saying like, yes, like this is, this is what, um, this is what it means to succeed Hmm. when white people think that you sound just like them Wow. or they can't tell the difference. Wow. But like, right. So like, these are, these are just like little things that I think we fail to like realize or we don't really notice. Exactly. And they're so, like, the microaggressions, right, of, yeah, you're so articulate. Or you're dressed so nicely. Right. Because I don't have, like, whatever, whatever they expect some black woman to to wear. Yeah. Like, I, oh, gosh, yeah. I had a woman today um, say, um, your hair is, like... Well, it's I have if you don't already know everyone of spirit of the listener. Um fifty thousand I have a lot of color in my hair. It's like rainbow, like legit rainbow. Um because it's summertime and I do what I want. I'm yes. grown. Um <laughs> and this woman, I I went and grabbed coffee and she said I ordered my coffee, whatever, and she said, um, wow, your hair is rainbow, but you you don't sound like you would have rainbow hair. Uh, Wh- what Wait, does it what? sound like? <laughs> what? What does a black girl with, with rainbow, rainbow hair. braids, box braids, sound like? Like I'm right. Like I remember the days when, like the girls running around with the rainbow hair, whatever they were called soup. They were called ghetto. They were called trash. And then all of a sudden, white people started doing it. And they're like, oh, it's mermaid hair. Hmm. But when I was growing up, and even, like, past, like, when I was in my 20s and, and early 30s, it was like, oh, those ghetto those ghetto black girls with their weave, their colored weave, and their da-da-da-da-da. But now it's like, oh, like, I have mermaid hair. Yeah, it's yellow and blue and pink and whatever, whatever color. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so even, like, that is, like, it's privilege. Like, I, I'm i very privileged to work for an organization that doesn't care. But if I worked for somewhere else, there's no way. There's no way I would be able to have hair like this. Jeez. Like, I might be able to have it braided, but it would have to be, like, dark colored. I mean, there are children, I mean, that are fighting lawsuits. Mm-hmm. 
just like for the like the hair that grows out of their head. Yeah. Not even like colored right. hair, just having an afro. Right. Or having like Or having a good fade. Like having right. it cut. Yeah. So they don't look fuzzy and frumpy. Yeah. Yeah. They can't they can't just exist. Yeah. And the white leaders at their schools right. are what yeah. scared or I mean the army it's, it's either the army or the navy just approved natural hair as a hairstyle. Are you serious? Yes. Just. Like in the last year or two. No. Right? So like and that is privilege. That is that is like that's Right. No these, one has had to approve my natural hair. Right. They might say, hey, like you can't cut it any shorter than your ears. Okay, great, whatever. Who cares? But like the way that it grows out of your head. Yes. No thanks. Right. Fix it. Make it neat. That's impossible. Like right? how can someone live up to that? But this is what this is what we and I I'm really only speaking about like black women. I can't really speak to like women of color because I just think because it's a whole a yeah. wholly different experience. Like yeah. I don't know what it's like to be Asian American or like Latinx or yeah. anything, right. even like indigenous. Like, but as a black woman, I just, like, hair is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got, like, these girls, i.e. Kim Kardashian, right, who wears, like, her hair in braids, and she calls them boxer braids. In real life, they're called cornrows, and exactly. that's just what cornrows look like. Right. Right? They're not, like, French braids. Like, no. we know what French braids are. Yeah. No, these no. stick to her head. Yeah, these are yeah. these are cornrows. Yeah, and she calls them boxer braids. And then all of a sudden, right, we see magazines and we see Katy Perry and yeah. like all these different stars are like, oh, boxer braids are in. But like as a black woman, I can't wear my hair like that yeah. to work. Wow, that would be considered unprofessional. Wow. And they're just doing it they're all doing for it. fun. It's so, oh, I love this culture. It's so great. Right. And buying their nude color bras. Yes. And just enjoying all those t-shirts that say, lattes, coffee, and sleeping in. (laughs) It's like, must be nice. (laughs) That's all you do, boo. (laughs) I wish. Yeah. I wish. Actually, I do some sleeping in. I do. I do. Sometimes I do it. Is that your white Remember Saturdays? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sleeping in. In case it's Saturday, you know what I did this morning. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's white privilege. Not the T-shirts with the sayings, but, um, yeah, the hair. Jeez. And the skin, too. I mean, I have a friend who sells, what's it called? Beauty Counter. Okay. Um, and it's interesting because I, you know, obviously, like, when your friends are selling stuff, you want to, you know, whatever. Right. So, I'm, like, looking at their range. Like, run in the opposite right. direction? <laughs> no, I'm not like, no. I mean, if it's good for you, I don't know. Like, I can spend a couple little 50 bucks here yeah. and, like, once. Right. Um, but, like, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the range of colors that she's presenting me. And... Not one of those colors. And by the way, there were like five. Oh, total? Five that were like in a like the brown range. Like five? Five. Like five. <laughs> right? 
like I, not one of like I would have to mix like a couple like there's one that's like really really chocolate dark brown I'm like oh nope that's not my color then there's like that really like the tawny like kind yes. of pinkish brown no no Ugh. my undertones are red so like I need this color and and then I look at I mean I think that's that's like forever like I didn't wear foundation for years mm-hmm. my mom would buy fashion fair have you ever heard of fashion fair no if you are black and you are listening Surely your grandma, your mom, your great grandma, aunties use Fashion Fair. Fashion Fair was like this black line that they had like all these different colors for black people. And it came in like this huge like thing and there was like all these colors. And my mom, it was wonderful. My mom would like let me play in it. And by play meaning she would put it on my face and I would say, ooh, could you put more on it? And she'd tell me to get out of the bathroom. So Perfect. play. Because uh, it was expensive. It was super expensive. I remember I think she got it for like her birthday or something. Mm. But like now, like, so why would I buy a product from a company that does not look at me yeah. as as a consumer? Right. Right? Like, they don't care right. that they don't have my color. That I'd have to buy, like, two or three colors and, like, maybe and mix them in, in weird ways to, like, just make my color. Right. Rihanna has a line. Fenty. I believe it's her line. I think that's her line. It, I, like, there are, like, a hundred colors. I don't even know how many colors there are. There are maybe, like, 50 or 60 colors. Magic. Like, legit. And I'm like, I went into Sephora, and I was like, what's my color? And the girl's like, oh, you look like a da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And she grabs it, swipes it on my face, and it was my color. What? It just was my color. Right? So there's, so even, even that, even finding makeup, like, I don't want, I can't support businesses that don't look at people who look like me as consumers. Right. Like. Yeah. And as a white privileged person, I don't have to think about it. Right. You can go to Walgreens or CVS. And there are 75 different yeah. shades of white. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, I, yes. and I can stand for 30 minutes yeah. putting all those on my skin yeah. without someone coming over slowly and being like, mm, like what are you doing? You're going to put that in your back? So when we started talking about white privilege, the conversation took a natural turn to include the kids in our lives. Because privilege, or the lack of it, doesn't just affect us as adults, but also how our children are treated. So we decided to break it up into two parts. So this is actually the end of part one. And we'd invite you to go on to episode seven when it's live to hear part two the second half of this privilege conversation. Thanks for listening in, y'all. If you want to keep the conversation going, we are on Instagram at All for the Best Podcast, on Twitter at AFTB Podcast, and on Facebook. Just search All for the Best Podcast. And thank you to Ross Moore 
who provided the intro and outro music. If you like what you hear, please check out his album, Kingdom Sessions, on iTunes. Also, we love doing this, but All for the Best can only thrive if you subscribe, give us an awesome rating and review on iTunes. That's just how it works. We want to remind you that we are people in process. What we believe today, we might not believe in 10 years or even 10 minutes. So as we're deconstructing, reconstructing, decimating, sifting through the rubble to find the gold, we are still searching. And we still think that doing that out loud in a messy way is all for the best. You'll never